press this button. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. And indeed it is a beautiful morning here in Dripping Springs, Texas, center of the universe, and we are in Texas, the great state of Texas, where we're going to be the first ones to secede from this popsicle stand we call the United States, and we... <laughs> we're going to be the first one to go, and then we're going to we're going to invite everybody from Panama up here if they want to join us. Dr. Jennifer Daniels is here. It is October 25. If you'd like to be on the show, there's a couple of ways to do it. It is uh, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com or 888-663-6386. Dr. Jennifer Daniels is a MD. She's out of New York City. She got a little feisty up there where she was... Oh. She was oh, she was pre- she, she was prescribing well used to be she was prescribing things like New York State she was prescribing things like eat the right food and exercise and drink water and stuff and they didn't like that so she left and uh, went to <laughs> went to Panama I mean how can you make the medical association angry with you for talking about diet food and exercise I mean I don't get that how, how is that even possible. You don't get that? Well, I'm just being silly. You know that. Oh. No. <laughs> How you doing, girl? Everything good oh. with you? Uh, yes, everything is fine. Back bends are going well. I'm got to where I can walk all the way down the wall backwards and touch the floor. And now I'm going to work on walking all the way backwards, touching the floor, and putting my elbows on the floor. So it's you're like bit a little, by bit. You're like a little spider. You're just like a little spider. Yes, yes, good, yes. Good to have you here. Thanks for coming on the show. Dr. Daniels is here on the, on the. is it the fourth or the last? Did we ever decide? Is it the last? No, no it's the fourth. The fourth, it's okay. Because sometimes there's a five, yeah. It's the fourth, thank you That's for right. having fourth uh, Monday uh, of the month. And uh, we have uh, lots to talk about this morning. We have a very busy week for you. We're going to talk about water with a very interesting lady, Vita Austin, tomorrow. Also, um, Andreas who makes some seed oils, who used to be in the uh, German Olympics guy, gold medal guy, and the uh, German guys destroyed his body because they made him train for 12 hours a day and and he healed himself. He's going to talk about that. So uh, lots of fun things on the on tap, Richard, Richard Mayberry. Well, my goodness, uh, what do you... What's most on your mind that you'd like to talk about this morning before we take emails? Anything like you woke up this morning? I, I, <laughs> so I need to talk about this yeah, with Patrick. So, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on here. I'm, I'm not sure what the situation... Well, the situation up there, I think, is getting very intense. People are digging in their heels, whatever their position right. might be. And yeah, yeah. There's a lot of divisiveness. I understand families are splitting up and... Workplaces are becoming um, yeah. negative and stressful. So maybe I could offer some positive information to help people uh, heal their relationships and lower their stress levels That'd uh, be good. with respect to the so-called situation. So I'm not going to take a position of anti or pro anything. What I am going to do is try and give people information to help each side kind of understand the other and help people understand that it's okay 
for them to be who they are and for other people to be something else. How's that sound? I like it. I like it. All right. So first thing we have to understand, this is not a scientific situation. This is not something that can be solved in the physical world of uh, yes, no, I'm right, you're wrong. It's not that situation. So it's a spiritual situation. And what people need to understand is each individual, spiritually speaking, is making a choice. And each person gets to choose and their choice, whether they want to wear a mask or social distance or vaccinate or not, any of those things, does not affect other people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And we each have our microclimate that we have created, and that's what you're living in. So someone else, whether they uh, eat right, don't eat right, exercise, don't exercise, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, social distance, don't social distance, vaccinate, don't vaccinate, has no impact whatever on your health or your length of life. All right. so. This brings us to the eighth hermetic principle. So most people are familiar with the seven hermetic principles, supposedly delivered to us by the uh, god Hermes. But let's talk about the eighth one. The eighth hermetic principle is where you put your attention and your actions totally determines your life. That's it. So any effort that you expend attempting to control someone else's life or actions is actually wasted. So we have a situation and so let's take a look at the available facts. So we have a lot of information now. Uh, we're two years in, 2020 and 2021. And so well, whatever we have, let's be clear, it's not an emergency. It's been going on for two years at least. Hmm. And there's evidence that maybe it's been going on for 50 years, but let's just give it two years. So whatever situation we have is not an emergency. So let's dispense with the thought that some action needs to be taken in the next 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 weeks, or even 10 months. All right. Now, all the increased deaths, and again, that's a key word, increased deaths. So you you can't tell if you have an increased death unless you compare deaths at the same week, year to year. So if you do those comparisons, then there is no evidence. And there are some weeks where there are increased deaths, but they do not correlate with increased positive testing. Even when you shift the curve of ups and downs by two weeks, which is where they say, oh, it's a two-week lag between uh, deaths and infections, the curves still don't match. They've also done graphs of percent of population vaccinated versus uh, test positivity rates. No correlation, whatever. Just no association with percent. So the vaccines are not having any effect, whatever, on whether or not a person is infected. In fact, the uh, med page, which is the official mouthpiece for doctors, says that the vaccine is totally powerless to keep anyone from getting infected. There you go, okay. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't get a vaccine. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that each person gets to choose. And there is no particular interest in one person affecting someone else's choice. So what if any sickness is afoot? And I say, never overlook the obvious. If hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which both treat parasites, they're not spread person to person, by the way, 
are effective, then we can deduce that what we're dealing with is something that is not spread person to person. And we know this also because the curves are going up and going down. When a curve goes up, it means it's be, something is spreading. When it goes down, it means something is not contagious. So uh, if something was spread person to person, it would not have the ability for the curve to go up and down, up and down. All right. So since these drugs, which have been observed to be effective, uh, are anti-worms, we can reasonably conclude the culprit for the positive COVID tests are parasites such as malaria or worms. Now. These are spread by food, water, and mosquitoes. That's it. That's all you get. Food, water, mosquitoes. So a person, if you are, if, again, if you're just satisfying your health needs, all you need to do is boil your water, still water anybody, cook your food to a certain temperature, and avoid mosquitoes, and wash your hands before eating. That's it. That's the total prophylaxis for, the, for what's going on if you don't want to die. Now, you could gild the lily by taking ivermectin once a month, but hey, I'm just telling you what... The information tells us. Now, this would explain why social distancing, masking, and vaccination have not stopped the spread. So if the measures are not effective, one or more of the underlying assumptions must be false. And again, the data tells us that person-to-person -person transmission is not uh, an issue. You can look at the Israel data. Thank you, Israel. And this is the pattern we see with the present situation. Only the weak are affected. And this is also the way worms work, by the way. Every one of us has worms, but only the weak people are affected by them. In other words, die. So for any individual concerned about their health, wash your hands before you eat. That's pretty much the size of it. Now, you, or anyone else for that matter, may not agree with me. That's actually not the point. The point is that there are other explanations based on the available facts and the present interpretation given to us by experts does not fit the available facts. So I would invite anyone to go to the CDC website, which is where I go, or MedPage, which is what I check, and get your information from there and draw your own conclusions. So God knows experts and governments have stopped looking at the facts. None of their predictions have come to pass. None of their measures have been effective. So with such a poor track record, zero accuracy, to be precise, you should feel confident in making up your own theory, at least doubting theirs. You're, you certainly cannot do any worse. So again, the data out of Israel is amazing. Look at that. It shows that the vaccine has zero effectiveness. It shows that natural immunity is superior. And um, again, look at the Israel data if you're trying to sort things out. Because this is population data. It is not biased by being paid for or done by people who profit from vaccines. So the death in case numbers, by the way, for the first six months of 2020, if you compare them week by week, uh, and you compare with excess deaths from the year before, which would be 2019, I did this and was horrified to see that some weeks there were zero excess deaths and thousands of COVID deaths. Zero excess deaths, but thousands. Excess meaning from the year before. From the year before. Correct. Other weeks, there were thousands of excess deaths and no COVID deaths. Hmm. In other words, there was absolutely no association or correlation between COVID deaths and excess deaths on a week by week basis. Now, this is obscured by using combined monthly data and year end data. And as 
we got into July and August of 2020, the CDC stopped issuing week by week data because I apparently was not the only one who noticed this disturbing pattern. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm not nearly as important as you might guess. <laughs> Somebody else looked at this data. Somebody and else said, looked. Whoa! 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 We got homicide going on. That's another story. Again, you can draw your own conclusions. The week by week data, the uh, CDC has stopped publishing it. So. Without correlation, there can be no causation. So since there is no correlation between deaths and positive test results, then positive test results cannot be in any way causing deaths. So when you add the two-week incubation period, as I said before, add a two-week delay, the graphs still do not line up. So comorbidities, which means other reasonable causes of death, season of the year, obesity, and age of the person, are all the things that are a stronger determinant of death than whether you have a positive or negative test. Again, this indicates that whatever is being tested for, we don't even need to question what it is, is not a driving factor in terms of deaths. I would like to note that being under the care of a doctor <laughs> appears to be definitely an issue. Um, taking a pharmaceutical agent of any kind on a daily basis seems to be an issue. And aside from age, these are all things you're, that are under your control, totally independent of the ac actions of others. Now, this came from the CDC, the director of the CDC herself, and I sent you a link to that. You can share it on your website. This is a quote. She said it. <laughs> Not my words. As a director of the CDC, my job is to recognize where our actions can have the greatest impact. Sounds good. And then she says, at the CDC, we are tasked with analyzing complex, that means we don't even understand it, and often incomplete data. That means we don't have enough information to support our conclusions. To make concrete recommendations that improve health in a pandemic, even with uncertainty, that means we don't know. So even when we don't have data to support it, and even when we don't know, we have to make recommendations. So she's telling you straight up, we don't know what we're doing, we don't, we don't have any facts to prove it. It's like that country song. That's my story. I got no witnesses. I can't prove it, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And that is what the director of the CDC says. He says, I got no witnesses. I can't prove it, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. At least this week, as you know, it does change from week to week or day to day. But the point is, she has been very clear that they have no facts on which they're basing the recommendations and they don't know what they're doing. Just say it. So, uh, if she admits they're making it up and that data and science does not support her recommendations, words like uncertainty, incomplete data, indicate the scientific data for her actions simply doesn't exist. Now, if she can make non-scientific decisions not based on fact, why can't you? <laughs> why can't you? You're not a scientist, you can be non-scientific. So why can't your neighbor, right? So let your neighbor make their own decision. Maybe they want to vaccinate, maybe they don't. If they want to get vaccinated, they should go ahead and vaccinate. So she destroys her whole basis for authority by saying she has no facts, no specified inf specialized information, and no certainty, no knowledge, but she knows best and she'll decide for you. Now, vaccine is not effective. How do we know this? Headline, MedPage, medical missive, 
information to all doctors. And the headline, uh, it will floor you. It says, vaccine is no match for Delta variant. Hmm. What? 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 <laughs> How'd they figure this out? Well, there's a population of people, we'll call them prisoners, and this is the truth. They, they, they went to a prison and um, they had people in the prison who were vaccinated, people who were not vaccinated. There was no difference in the infection rate. Whether a prisoner got vaccinated or, or did not get vaccinated. And they could not um, figure out a death rate uh, because one person that did die was put on a ventilator. And we all know from the New York, New York State experience that if you take a person with uh, COVID-like symptoms, put them on a ventilator, there's a 90% death rate. So it's not clear that person died of COVID. Now, I like to compare things, right? Like, okay, so we've got a situation. What else do we know that's like seriously contagious, right? That we are concerned about. How about measles, right? There's a measles outbreak, remember a while ago, measles outbreak? Oh yeah, Walt Disneyland. Walt Disneyland had one. Exactly. So they have something called an R factor. An R factor means one person can infect how many people, right? So if the R factor, if each person who's positive can infect two people or more, then we say the disease is contagious. Okay, so I figured let me go let me go check this chart, right? What is a high R factor? Let's say measles has a high R factor, right? Because we're worried about it and you know, we're we're vaccinating against it, all the kids are getting vaccines, right? Well, it turns out that uh, for SARS-CoV-2, the estimated maximum R value is 3.5. Maximum. It ranges from uh, no, so no more, so what did they forget? For SARS-CoV-2, the estimated maximum R value is 3.5. And so you take one divided by 3.5, that's 28%. So no more than 28% of the people vaccinated can test positive if 100% vaccine is needed to stop their spread, okay? So if you vaccinate 100% of people, then your vaccine breakthrough rate can't be more than 28% because the R value is 3.5. In other words, a vaccine breakthrough of 28% with a 3.5 R value, you're gonna just, the whole epidemic will not be stopped. So let's examine the prison population. 70% of people vaccinated tested positive for SARS-CoV-2, 70%. So you have a 70% breakthrough rate. This means 100% vaccination cannot stop the spread. So from this confined prison population, we know the present vaccine, they're all vaccinated, cannot stop the spread because there's a 70% vaccine breakthrough. So let's look at the low end, 1.5 R value. So 1.5 R value means that 67%, one over 1.5, 67% of the people vaccinated can remain susceptible and the spread will stop. But the vaccine still doesn't reach that because there's a 70% breakthrough. Now again, this is data not provided by the drug companies, but by a real life scenario. So if you believe the vaccine is 100% effective, 33% of people need to be vaccinated to stop the spread, is by the way. So again, it's all about belief. Now we're getting into belief. 
So if you really believe in the vaccine, that the failure rate is 33% or less, all you need is to vaccinate yourself and you're done. If you believe it's partially effective, that means it's not enough to stop the spread, but it is helpful, then it should be optional since it's not capable of stopping the spread. There's no cause for making it mandatory. So to recap, herd immunity can be calculated based on the R value and effectiveness of the vaccine. Without these two pieces of data, no calculation can be definitively made. So I want to say something here. The R value for measles is 16. 16, that's a pretty high R value. Which means it's high. one person who gets measles can infect 16 other people. What person under the age of five comes in contact with 16 unique people in a two week period? Well, only a person in daycare, right? Because the kid under, under five, pretty much, they're gonna be home, maybe family members, just four people. They can't really get 16 contacts in a two week period. So they can't contact even 16 people to spread it to. So I remember being a kid, before age five, I only came in contact with my immediate family members. That's eight people, six siblings, or five siblings and two parents. So with today's family size of three people, a child under five would have difficulty coming in contact with 16 unique people during the contagious period of eight days for measles or 14 days during SARS-CoV-2. So why is measles so contagious? It lives on surfaces for two hours and a person who gets it is infected for eight days, right? So for mathematical whatever, let's multiply two hours times eight days. That's 16 hours of contagion. You with me? Yeah, I am. This but, is what the World Health Organization okay. says. We're going someplace with this. We're going someplace with this. So where are we going? So how is that a condition that has an infectivity period of 14 days and lives on surfaces for 72 hours, that's uh, COVID, is less infective than something that has a four-day infectivity or eight-day infectivity and two-hour lifespan on, outside the body? There's a little inconsistency here, right? Someone's lying. Either measles is not that contagious or we are measuring the wrong surrogate measure for contagion. So four days times two hours is eight. That's a contagion score for, for uh, the, the, the measles. But wait, SARS-CoV is 14 days for 24 hours, 336. So if you believe the 72 hour figure, that becomes 1,008. So you have a measles shakes out at eight but has an R factor of 16, it can infect 16 people. SARS-CoV-2 has an infectivity rate of 1,008, but you can only infect three people. So in other words, we know for a fact that SARS-CoV-2 is less infective than measles because the R factor is lower. Hmm. But the data we've been given about its contagion or, or uh, spreadability is obviously false. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't add up. So the problem here is that people are actually behaving as if SARS-CoV-2 really does have an R factor of say 1,008 when it has an R factor of three. So if people's understanding was in line with the data issued by the CDC, by the way, this is a chart that the CDC, R factor, you know, it, Measles 16, SARS-CoV-2 3.5. That's the top end. Low end is 1.5, which means 1.5, remember, it's under 2, not contagious. So the problem here is that 
we're dealing with a situation that is in people's minds and that's okay it's like some people like football games some people like baseball other people prefer knitting not a problem but the knitters don't need to go and riot and tell the football players they all need to take up knitting and what we are misunderstanding is that people's behavior is what determines what's going on here and that the information we're getting in the media is not consistent with the information that the, even the CDC has. And our CDC director is telling you that she's giving out policies that are not consistent with available data. I understand. Right. So next thing we need to understand, this is MedPage today, vaccinate immigrants immediately on arrival? Oh, not so fast. So because one immigrant, 16 years old, died from a vaccine, they've stopped immigrating all immigrants. Well, now at the Texas border, they're pouring in millions. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The reason they're not vaccinating them is because a 16-year-old died. Oh, I see. (laughs) We would hope they would put the same value in the lives of Americans, but apparently not. So that's the story. Hmm. Well, I got the facts. I can prove it. And that's their story. And I'm sticking to it. Very, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and all yeah, and all of this, you know, makes a lot of assumptions that you didn't make, but you know, there is an assumption that the tests are legitimate, which they're not. There is I did make that assumption. Okay. You want that assumption. Oh that's right. You, you proved the assumption. you proved the assumption. And then there is also the assumption that there is a COVID virus out there that's circulating that's never been proven. All these numbers. I, I accepted all of that. Can I know. No, I'm that? not I'm not suggesting you didn't. It's I'm just yeah. I'm just putting the icing on the cake here. So, right. right. Uh, it's even worse than I said, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is gluten-free icing, well, but that's okay. Said, it's okay. She yeah. said it. She said, I, I've got no evidence. I can't prove I got no evidence. That's my recommendation. It's almost, it. Doc, it's almost like they know that someday they're going to get caught so they can go back and look at the videos and they can say, you see, I didn't have any evidence. I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just on camera. I, I think they, no, I told you the truth. I told you I'm lying. That's to you. what I mean. Yeah. And that's the beauty. They yeah. say to the American people, "We're lying to you. <laughs> we want you to do it anyway." That's now, right. It's okay for them to say we're lying to you. We want you to do it anyway, and people to do it. I get that. I get that. Everyone gets their own, makes their own decision. <laughs> but to say I'm lying to you and to get people to do it anyway, and then try to force their neighbor to do the same thing. Hey, that's cool. I like that. I know. And before we, go, before we go to the break here, so this is curious. This is more political than medical, Doc, but Japan, or China now has really got their hair on fire. They're saying big new cases exploding in, in China and also at the UK. Cases of what? Whatever. I don't know. They just make it up anyway. They're cases of something, some new COVID strain, you know. Okay, yeah, okay, so okay, they're okay. going to run this baby through the winter, in my opinion, and you watch them, and there's going to be, well, right? Yeah. game of Simon Says. It's over when people decide it's over. And the good news is it can be over for you whenever you decide it's over. <laughs> I you don't like have that. to wait for your spouse to be over it or for your neighbor to be over it. You can just say, you know what? It's okay. I'm done. When would you like <laughs> to be over it? Okay, now, and before, and, and to your point about families breaking up and all that, I have heard there are some friends of mine that are really having problems with their brothers and sisters and moms and dads, you know, because of differing opinions and actually not talking to one oh, another. Oh, no. My mother, we, we sat down, we talked about 
about it. We established there's no virus. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not getting vaccinated. And then three months, three, uh, three weeks later, boom, she was vaccinated. One of the other grandkids had someone come to her house and vaccinate her. Wow. This is a bedridden 89-year-old lady. Really? It's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, her reasons for getting vaccinated were she wanted to be, you know, part of the club. She wanted to be involved. She wanted to do her part. She wanted to feel like she belonged, and that's fine. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful reason to get vaccinated. <laughs> I want to be able I, I, I want to belong. I, I, again, we don't have any strife about it because I understand that's her decision and it's her body. Sure. And I get to make my decision and I have my body. And, and we, we're, we're, we're cool with that. I'm never going to see her again before she dies and vice versa. So if I get vaccinated or not, it's not going to impact her life. So, uh, but there are people like here I am in Panama who a lot of people are vaccinated. And we're, we're still friends. It's great. Like, okay. Sure. Right, you got the vaccine. Yep, I'm gonna pass. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all fine. Get along great. A lot of fun, you know. And they believe in the vaccine down here. Yeah. I'm vaccinated. I'm not wearing a mask. Hmm. <laughs> I'm vaccinated. I'm not social distancing. <laughs> I think they ought to have all the people that are vaccinated wear a mask, but that's just me. No, no. I think each person should make their own decision. Oh, you I be vaccinated, no, I... wear a mask. Not vaccinated, wear a mask. It is totally your decision. What degree of belief or participation you want to have you know in what's going on yeah i understand okay stay right there i want to do a little commercial here <laughs> daniel vital is one of your flagship products of course the colostrum which is easy to take yummy easy to get the kids to take talk a little bit about how it's necessary for the baby calves but then also that it works for people well, colostrum is the first food for all mammals. So all mammals produce colostrum before they produce milk. And that colostrum works not just in that animal, but it'll work across species and other animals too. And in nowhere is this more true than with cows and human beings. Now, cows produce this surplus, which allows us to take a little bit of that and then turn it into this powder form, which is a fantastic food and smoothies and other confections and things like that. It has this ability to impart the immunity of the animal that it came from to us. This is a pretty magical superfood, in my opinion, and Patrick's uh, whole gut has continued to improve with more revolutions around the sun, and I've sure had my share of colostrum over the years. Wonderful superfood, and one of the best ones available today. Sir Thrival, any Sir Thrival link Colostrum, OneRadioNetwork.com. I can't believe I just said revolutions around the sun. Well, of course, that was three or four years ago when I believed that we revolved around the sun, in which we don't. So I'm going to have to... <laughs> That's great. Uh, got me there. Also, we have uh, Colostrum on sale along with uh, their Digestive Bitters product. I was looking for it. I had one up here to show you, but it's really nice. It's got a lot of cool digestive bitters in there comes in a little spray bottle and you can uh, you can uh, you know have a couple places around the house also put one in your glove compartment if you go out to eat which we don't recommend but if you ever do you can do your little colostrum before you leave the house which is a very good thing to do if you're going to go out to eat and then you can uh, do the digestive bitters uh, before you go into the restaurant and eat some GMO food and you'll be fine uh, so uh, both on sale, use, use the promo code TREAT20, 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 between now and the end of the a month, a few more days, 
for 20% off colostrum and excuse me and uh, digestive bitters digestive bitters on oneradionetwork.com use promo code treat20 you know i have no idea what these 5g stuff and 4g and wi-fi's do i don't think they're very good for you uh, i've got about two or three of these little uh, you only need one but brandon sent me another one he sent me a souped up version and i have this guy that i have behind my chair this is a cool one this is a blue shield uh little portable uh, this is really cool and you can see how oh, you can see it see it's on and uh, you just put this in your pocket and this works on the cells in the body to help uh just to help to deal uh, more efficiently with um, these electromagnetic wavelengths through cell phone towers or Wi-Fi's uh, um, more efficiently. So it works on the cells in the body. It's a very interesting technology. Here's a little more on the technology from Brandon and a thing with animals, so there's no placebo here. Previously, we talked with Brandon Amalani about his Blue Shield product to protect against EMFs in your home. The, the more connected we are, the more electromagnetic radiation we're going to have. So years ago, I'd play with Q-Links and just anything I can get my hands on that whether I felt it working or not, I just wanted some kind of leverage against sure. electromagnetic radiation and those frequencies and how they affect the cellular biology. But then when I met Mark and started really getting deep to his technology and really looking at the microprocessing technology, I've never found any any EMF company that would not only to test on not only human blood and urine analysis, but also on animals, which totally weeds out the idea of placebo effect. I mean, the fact that you can plug these devices into a chicken farm, a factory farm for about 15,000 laying hens, and all of a sudden the mortality rate, which is averages from 60 to 150 deaths per month, goes down to zero. I mean, it's pretty profound that a, a little device, a little energy device could actually like create such a harmony and balance within the environment to where claustrophobic chickens that are crammed in together actually get along better and actually feel better and, and oh. the the you know the biological markers are improved over that one year study there's quite a bit of science with this blue shield product you can see the ad on the front page promo code one radio will get you a 10 percent discount this works on the cells in the body very cool technology front page blue shield one radio network.com yeah, very, very cool. Just put it right in the center of your home, and then you can get one of the portable guys, too, and uh, this this will help you. This will help you. So especially if you drive around the city where there's a cell phone tower, you know, every 50 feet, uh, you know, you might as well do all that you can do. And also, the most important thing is to not believe that they can hurt you. You do that, number one, and then do this is number two, where we like to uh, trust God and tie your camel and then you're going to be, uh, <laughs> that's the way we do it around here. Just trust God, tie your camel, and you'll be just fine. I wouldn't believe that they're going to hurt you. I would never, never do that. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Dr. Jennifer Daniels is with us. We're going to start and take some calls now. Do you guys uh, doing the old 5G thing there in Panama or 4G or 2G or whatever they got? <laughs> They put up a sign saying they have 5G because people think it's more modern, but yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> people think it's more modern, right? We got to have it. Oh, you got to have it. Oh, boy, I tell you what. I got a couple of pig stories. So before we go, okay, I got two pig stories for you. Oh, 
You're going to like them, pig okay. stories. Yeah, but let's get to some uh, yeah. calls, and then we'll we'll do a couple of pig stories. Pigs are our favorite animal, and thank God for these pigs give up our life for us, huh, Doc? I mean, God love them. Yes. Man, that's nice. You know, thank you, little piggies. Hope you'll come back as a horse or something. Um, here, here's, a, here's a question for you, Doc. We were in our 60s, good health, rented a car for a road trip. Uh, uh, we wo- awoke the next day and had head and neck aches, dizzy, shortness of breath, low-grade fever, in a daze, nausea, non-productive coughs, no congestion. Oh, are you in politics? Just kidding. And also out and zoned out. No energy or appetite. We upped our vitality capsules. We're using Vicks and drinking plenty of water. They, they listen to you. After two weeks, have periodic night sweats. Still not right. What else can we do to get these poisons out, and how much longer do we expect to return to normal? So they went on a road trip, and I don't know, something happened. <laughs> All right. Well, road trips can be treacherous for quite a few reasons. One all the sitting you're doing in the car. Like a lot of times you'll rent a car if you don't want to put all those miles on your own car, for example. So the excess sitting literally cuts off your circulation to uh, a lot of body parts. And that's one reason uh, for the problem. Another problem is on a road trip, you tend to eat a lot of different foods. Mm. So you're picking up more and more toxins in the food that you eat. So, and then even worse is you don't drink as much water because you don't want to keep stopping, you don't really know where the bathrooms are, and all kinds of stuff. So, and then of course there's constipation from so much sitting, so I don't know if they increase, they did say they increase their vitality capsules. So what can they do? One, they can increase the fat content of their diet. Fat. Mm-hmm. Because fat soaks up toxins. Next thing is they can take um, activated charcoal. Activate charcoal with basically one teaspoon, uh, but one teaspoon maybe uh, twice a day in a cup of water. Mm-hmm. And what that will do is that will pull uh, toxins into their intestines and push it out of their body. Um, so they've increased their water. They need to you know, get on a scale, measure their weight uh, in pounds. You know, divide that by 50 and drink that amount of water. So they need to measure their water to make sure they're drinking enough, calculate to make sure they have the right amount, if they're setting the right goal. And then the vitals make sure that they are pooping uh, three times a day. Hmm. And um, they can eat the activated charcoal will help. They say they were taking turpentine or no? No, they did not. It'd be good, huh? Yeah, so they can take turpentine. So it might be they picked up something on the... I don't say they picked up something on their way, but the turpentine will help their body dump more parasites into the flow. Mm-hmm. So this way they've got the activated charcoal working on the chemicals that could be causing the problem, and they have the um, turpentine working on the parasites. Do you take the, uh, the extra fat and the charcoal at the same time? No. Take the extra fat with your food and take the charcoal in between your meals. Oh, but I mean... Within a few hours, it's okay. In the same day, yeah. In the same day, that's what I meant. Okay, cool. Hmm. All right, took care of them, kids. We got those all. This is Pauline. She's in Irvine, California. God love her. She needs help. She's in California. Yeah. Thank, God. <laughs> Thank God for your God show. 
Thank God for California. Would you please ask Dr. Daniels about prostate nodules? Ooh. And how to how it can be treated to be dissolved, whether it is benign or cancerous. Thank you so much. I love Dr. Daniels' knowledge and personality. Oh, this must be for Pauline's husband, obviously, because Pauline doesn't have a prostate. Okay. So Pauline's husband or, or friend has nodules on her prostate. I would ignore ignore them. It's the best thing you can do for them. Mm. So whether the the nodule is harmful or cancerous is irrelevant. Uh, it will not shorten the person's life and does not require attention. The um, medical society is now in the process of voting and deciding whether the, whether can a prostate cancer should still be considered a cancer. Wow. That's how harmless it is. Mm. So a nodule on the prostate is about the same as harmful as a pimple on your uh, nose. It might be a cosmetic problem. I don't know what kind of practices they're engaging in that this nodule may or may not be an issue. But I would leave it alone. Now, it's a symptom, though. It is a symptom. It's usually it's a symptom of constipation. So um, prostate nodule, you, know, you can increase your, your waist by ha having this guy have more bowel movements. You can um, stick your finger up there and massage the nodule. Uh, many people have had great results with uh, taking turpentine. So I would say get the uh, Candida Cleaning Report at VitalityCycles.com, download it, no cost. And um, follow, have the person follow the diet as close as they're able to and have them poop three times a day. Most people, again, do best with extra strength uh, vitality capsules who have this situation. Oh. And um, see if this person would quit their processed foods. <laughs> yeah. Vitality Cycle. So you changed the name. That's the new website, yes. And it looks great. No, it looks, it looks great. VitalityCycles.com. I had a fellow yeah. years ago, Doc, that said something like, and I, I just came back to me that the constipation idea is he he argued, not, not argued, but conjectured, that when there is fecal matter that are sitting against the prostate at night, if you're not really clearing a lot, you know, that that could be causing prostate problems. That sounds reasonable because there's just a little skin over the bottom of the colon there in the yeah, prostate. That's right against the it's colon. Right yes, it's right there. It's the right colon. there. But now, the other thing, too, to understand is any waste that that's, does not leave the colon, it sits in the body, it goes right back into the blood. Yes. That membrane is a two-way street along the whole intestine. Yeah. And so it can also go through the blood and get to the prostate that way. Interesting. Would that be, you think it would be beneficial for guys if they had that issue, they weren't really clearing, they could do a little ball of water, you know, one of those little things, they, and just clear that out down there every night? Most guys don't like to put a lot of stuff up there because... Uh, it hits the prostate, it's uncomfortable. Mm. So that's why I recommend the extra strength vitality capsules. That way they can have more bowel movements and it'll flow through. Uh -huh. mm. yeah. I, I massage my prostate. Exactly. So that's, that's why I was recommending for this guy. That he yeah. can massage his prostate or his, his partner could, either way. Mm -hmm. Either way. When you're alone, you do it yourself. What can I say? Well, some guys, because of their uh, dimensions or size, can't really reach. Can't really so do So we don't know. We don't have details <laughs> right. here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, also, when you don't, not the Kegel, but if you just 
um, squeeze the anal sphincter, right? Which they do in Taoist things, you know, to uh, right. to retard ejaculation. Anal sphincter. Uh-huh. That massages the prostate right. too. You could do that at I do that at stop signs, stop lights. Now, if we're going to help this guy go a little further, then you know, don't, don't want to be extreme about it. But <laughs> <laughs> well. They could, uh, you know, go online and check out um, Splits in a Day. Oh, boy. Splits in a Day. Okay. Yeah. You don't have, we'll never get a splits. That's not what we're trying to do here. But those same stretches will massage his prostate, just trying to do those stretches. I'll be done. Like the, when the, you, the you lunges, hmm. He's not going to ever get, no. there's a lot of stretches on the way there. Hmm. That's not where you start. So uh, and he should go for, I think, the left front, right front splits. They're easier, and they'll do the stretching he needs. Other thing he can do is he can do Taekwondo kicks. Those are excellent. Those strengthen the um, anal sphincter, massage the prostate, and really get incredible circulation to that area to clean it out. Hmm. So, yes, he could do that, too. Long ago, didn't didn't guys go to the doctor and they got this little prostate massage? Didn't they? This proctologist, they used to do that. Right, but now I tell the proctologist, no, 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 you may not do that. Oh, really? Um, oh, really? Stick a tube up there for a thousand bucks. None of this cheap massage stuff. <laughs> That's right. No, no, you can't do that. No. Yep. Is that what they did? They they changed the whole protocol of it. Oh, changed the whole protocol. Wow. These people are rich, aren't they? Boy, they just don't stop. Well, the, the doctors are not the ones who change the protocols, and most doctors no, are I understand. employees, and so yeah. the man yeah. owner yeah. of the facility makes the money. Yeah. The medical or whatever they are. Hi, Patrick. Can you please ask Dr. Daniels these questions? Thank you. Yes, I will. What does a positive test for HSV1 and 2 herpes really mean? The person gets cold sores only. And the second question, well, they got three, but we'll do this one. Okay. HSV1. My answer is nothing. What's next? next? Okay, nothing. Got it. I like that one. What really is lupus and Lyme disease? Is Lyme caused by ticks? Lyme is not caused by ticks. Um, Lyme originally was a vaccine complication, and the mothers in Lyme Connecticut are getting pissed off, mad as heck, that their toddlers who just been vaccinated were coming down with aches and pains in all of their joints. And um, these ladies were fairly well-to-do, and they were hiring their own investigators to get to the bottom of this, and they were getting pretty close to pinning it on the vaccines. And so the government had to trot out a researcher and um, blame it on Lyme, which distracted everybody, and it worked so well that now we have adult Lyme and blah, 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 blah. That's the Lyme story. Wow. Lupus story. (laughs) The lupus story. So the lupus and the Lyme story are actually very similar. Um, so both of them are basically mixed connective tissue type diseases. It's a deterioration of the connective tissue in the body, specifically of the joints. And if you look up both of them, it will say they're both a type of arthritis. Also, if you look up the symptoms of both of those, you will find they're identical to symptoms of syphilis. And if you go back in history, you'll find that syphilis is a common vaccine contaminant. So there you have it. So wait a minute. Lupus lupus is tied to syphilis that maybe somebody had syphilis early on if they have lupus today? No? They they got the the modern day uh, source of syphilis is the vaccines.
Now, is it vaccinating people of every age? Oh, any uh, vaccine, like a flu vaccine or whatever? Well, so like we know the pediatric vaccines are contaminated. Okay. That, that much we know. Um, and if you look at the package insert for the pediatric vaccines, they will say lupus-like syndrome is a complication. I see. AKA the vaccine has a syphilis contaminant. Oh. And lupus, one of the diagnostic criteria for lupus is a positive syphilis test. So doctors are now told if the if your patient has a positive syphilis test, that means they have lupus. Well, well wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Does that mean that a positive COVID test means you have hypertension? How does this work? <laughs> so what they've done is they renamed syphilis and it's renamed lupus and Lyme, basically. And no Lyme is not spread by Yeah. I have a good friend who's been diagnosed with quote unquote lupus and been working with it really hasn't figured it all out so um i know you don't give medical advice but i can i can i'll clip this uh, tape out and you can because she's really a sweet sweet lady down lives down the street oh, no, no. go to my website the modern day face of syphilis the modern the whole radio show on this the modern day face of syphilis <laughs> oh on, on vitalitycycles.com check the archive the modern day face of syphilis the modern day face of syphilis it's just that shocking. Listen twice. Wow. Yes. And then you'll, you'll give her some ideas on what she could do there on that show. Okay. Wow. The modern day face of syphilis. <clears throat> and third question, why are some people, <laughs> why are some people still having, now why are some people having long COVID? Is long COVID different from COVID? I don't know long COVID. Okay, I know I'm familiar with all these things. I'm trying to figure out where to start. Okay, so COVID we have established is imaginary. Did we did we communicate that? I think enough? yeah, I think we did, but do it again. So COVID is imaginary. It's imaginary. We know it's imaginary because there's no correlation between the positive test and any particular clinical outcome. All right. So whatever clinical outcome you're having is not being caused by the test. Long COVID is just as imaginary as short COVID. <laughs> and so what's happening is they're taking chronic diseases and renaming them as COVID. If you look at the so-called long COVID symptoms, they're amazingly similar to the lupus and Lyme um, symptoms. So what we're now doing is selling people on this new situation so we can ignore the fact that we haven't, that, that the old situation's never been cured. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't have lupus anymore. Now it's long COVID because you have a positive COVID test. Oh, thank God. Lupus is gone. Let's treat the long COVID. So obviously then Delta is imaginary as well, the Delta virus. Right. Right. Well, the Delta is super imaginary, right? Because they don't even have a separate test for it. That's... It's the same old COVID test. Like, oh, we're going to call it Delta now. I thought, <laughs> they were ditching, I thought they were ditching the PRCR test. Are they still using that thing? PCR test, they have an antibody test, all these tests for COVID are identical as the test for Delta. Hmm. So there is no there is no Delta. No. It's like it's like antibiotics. Have you ever seen an article explaining why antibiotics are so effective? No, because antibiotics are a hoax and they don't work. So now they have an endless amount of research explaining why your antibiotic didn't work. And now they're saying 
The gold standard. The gold standard. Again, I'm old enough. I went to medical school and the gold standard. Right. Once you do a culture, you isolate the organism, we'll call it strep. You put a little disc impregnated with antibiotic on that culture. And if there's a zone called inhibition where the bacteria doesn't grow, then the antibiotic will work. Hmm. Right? That's the test. It's called culture and sensitivities. So, when I was going to medical school, I noticed antibiotics did not work. Why didn't they work? This is what they told us. Well, you got the wrong antibiotic. You didn't do the culture and sensitivity. Well, it wasn't a bacteria, it was a virus. Now what they're saying is, well, the antibiotics don't work because even though you have the right organism, even though you have the right antibiotic, there might be other immune system factors. Whoa, let's raise our hand, point of information, question please. You mean the antibiotics are just a hope they don't work? No, 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 we're not saying that. We're just saying you can't expect them to work, that's all. Just buy them anyway, take them anyway, take them anyway, take, take, take them anyway. So now it's coming out that the whole antibiotic revolution was just a hoax. Hmm. Antibiotics never worked. Now, we are going through the same evolution with vaccines that we went through with antibiotics. That's all. Yeah. It's not that I'm brilliant. I wish I could tell you I'm a genius. It's just that I've been through this rodeo. It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> Were you in trouble in, like in, in med school a lot? Did you get in trouble for asking so many questions? I tell you, the whole class turned and looked at me like, are you kidding? <laughs> you again? You again? <laughs> no, 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 no. They felt sorry for me. They're like, oh, my God. I don't know how you could have the nerve to even ask oh, that really? question. Oh, No kidding. Wow. Oh, yeah. I, I, see, I didn't have the financial pressure of my classmates. Oh. They'd all borrowed a lot of money, or they had an amazing lifestyle that they grew up with, and they needed to get this degree to support that lifestyle. Hmm. I didn't have that pressure. I grew up in the ghetto, stuff was cheap, you know, I could support myself on a job earning not very much money, so I didn't really have any worries. And I wasn't borrowing money because I agreed to work in an underserved area, a place where they couldn't pay anyone to work, aka North Dakota, Wisconsin. So I was totally focused on, does this stuff work? Is this helping the patient? I think we did what we said we were going to do. <laughs> I don't think this is... You know, I don't think this doctor thing is working here. Excuse me? Oh, no, no, no. No, I thought they weren't telling me the whole story. Oh. I knew they had a cure. I thought they weren't telling me the cure. Oh, you thought they so withheld. I, like, I know you guys got something better than this. You kidding me? You just explained this to me. We've been going to clinic. We've been using this stuff. Everyone's still got their headaches. Everyone's still got their arthritis. If I was doing car repairs, we'd call it fraud. The government would shut me down. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> oh, my God. The class is like, oh, 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 oh. They call it fraud if I was doing car repairs. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't have a lot of customers if you were doing car repairs, right? I mean, the word would get out that you had no idea. Well, well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. You wouldn't have a lot of customers in healthcare either if the government didn't move in and sure. start yeah. mandatory funding it with compulsory taxes. Yeah. And even that wasn't enough. Then they had to pass Obamacare forcing people to get health insurance. So 
Actually, if the well, government had just left the whole thing alone, it would have fallen of its own weight decades ago. Sure. Because everybody would have stayed sick. Nobody would have gone back to their doctor. <laughs> said, I'm not no, going. No, no. People would have said, you know what? I put, I, I've sunk in 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. They haven't got results. Right. I'm just going to walk away. Yeah. And then they would tell their relatives, hey, I just walk away. It's like when I grew up, I thought this was before uh, health insurance. So this was like the 60s, right? So I thought I'd say, those doctors are no good. And don't go to the hospital if you're ready to die. That's the whole story. Ready to die? Go to the hospital. They'll help you out. They'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> For the first. I said, oh, Danny. <laughs> For the first hour every morning, Sean has feet that really hurt. They're like, they're like, they feel like my socks are crumpled up inside the soles of my shoes, but they're not. It's, but they're not. Recently, I started using detox foot patches, or whatever they are. You stick them on your feet for six hours plus while you sleep, and they're supposed to pull out the toxins. Oh, I've seen those. Is there any better treatment that I could be using instead of the patches? I've seen those soles things. We don't understand if he got results from the patches. No, I don't think he did. Doesn't sound like it. All right, so let's just say he did and get results of the patches. <laughs> okay. All right, so it's not simple. Let me tell you what's going on. So tell you what's going on and we'll see if we can find a, a solution to this. What's going on is he's got some material in his blood circulating, which at night is precipitating, becoming solid, ah. and, and uh, putting itself in his feet and extremity. And then as he walks during the day, uh, let's say over the course of an hour, this dissipates. And so the reason this is happening in his feet is because his feet are uh, cooling in the extremities. So maybe if he wore socks to bed, that would help. Uh, if he increases water intake during the day, if he increased the number of bowel movements and got the toxins out through his colon during the day, Take a look at his diet, get rid of the processed foods. That would help. But what I found was a real shortcut for me, because in medical school they teach you that it's okay. You, you expect that when you wake up in the morning at some point in your life, you will start having pain for about an hour after you wake up. This is just the way it goes when you get older. <laughs> really? So I started taking a multiple vitamin, and it, it cleared up in a day and never came back. Is that right? So hmm. he can just, yeah, yeah. He can take a multiple vitamin. The one I took was uh, Gerovita. It is not available in the market anymore. The company uh, hmm. went out of business, got sold. It was terrible. It was a great product, though. But I would start with uh, a general multiple multiple vitamin. So and then as far as your diet goes, maybe add some liver once a week. Good old liver. But hydration is your friend. Um, use yellow curry powder to promote circulation and detoxing. And the problem is you've got junk in your blood that's congealing overnight. And so if you can um, increase your water intake, increase your use of herbs like, again, yellow curry is nice because it's got things that promote circulation like um, cayenne pepper, turmeric, garlic, they're all right there in the curry spice. And um, keep those feet warm at night. Is, is yellow curry a product or is it just the curry powder? What is that? 
think you know it as curry powder, but there's yellow curry, red curry, and green curry. So it's the the curry powder that's yellow is what I'm talking about. Right, and it's got other things in there, like you say, garlic and things in there. Oh, a whole blend. It's got like ten different ingredients in it. Really, and it's called yellow curry. It's the curry. This is this regular <clears throat> curry that you are used to. That you like when they say curried lamb or curried oxtail. Mm-hmm. This is the spice. They just scoop it up, throw it in there. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So curry, because curry is not a actual plant itself. It's just a name for a mixture. Yeah. I, curry is a plant. There is a plant is in it? India called the curry plant. Ah. And there are green leaves called the curry leaf, which are used just like bay leaf. And they actually have a very strong flavor. It is confusing. You are correct. Hmm. <laughs> but I stay confused, Doc, so don't mind me. Yeah. All right. Yellow curry. Okay. That sounds like a good, a good lead Let's there. Let's ask here. <clears throat> ingredients. Uh, ingredients. D-D-I-E-N-T-S, yellow. Curry. Curry. Are you actually doc- asking Dr. Google for an answer? Yes. Okay. Yellow curry. It's, it's, it's a process to make your own yellow curry powder. What kind of things are in there? Just a few. Name a few. Uh, Dr. Google is not cooperative. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you got to pay him more money. Is that right? Yeah, I just give him some more money. It'll be fine. We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Daniels. Oh, wow. Yeah, somebody. Yourself yellow, uh, homemade yellow curry. There we are. Okay. Yeah, just as I said, it's got quite the... Uh, just name a few. Oh, my God. Yeah. Coriander, turmeric, cumin, ginger, cardamom, fenugreek, mustard, cinnamon, nutmeg, ground cloves, white pepper, cayenne, Whoa. Salt. Yeah. Sounds like an Ayurveda kind and of... And that's this yellow curry powder. It has all those ingredients, and all those herbs are wonderful, amazing healing ingredients. And you put a tablespoon of this in your food every day, and your feet will do just fine. Oh, cool. I am so sorry. Somebody's been on hold like forever, I and I just noticed it. Sorry. Let's get to them before they send me a, Let's go for- a, a nasty email. Uh, hi, who's this? Hello. Hello. Hi, Patrick. Hello. Yes, you're so sorry you've been on hold that long. I just noticed you were waiting. Go go ahead, you're on the air. Hi, doctor. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Go Hi. ahead. Hello. So, my name is Cameron. I'm 26 years old. Um, I believe I gave myself diplopia. Do you know what that is? Can you spell it? D-I-P-L-O-P-I-A. Uh-huh. It's double vision. Diplopia. Yeah. Hmm. How'd you do that, diplopia. Cameron? So you have diplopia. So, yeah. Um, it's, um, it came from, like, mis- I believe I gave it to myself from misusing marijuana and Adderall. Marijuana um, and Adderall. Hmm. Yeah. I started hmm. smoking marijuana around the age of 15. Hmm. Um, I, stopped, I finally stopped a few months ago, and, um, I was on and off Adderall since I was 18, and I stopped in April. Uh-huh. I first noticed um, the double vision when I was, like, 19 or 20. Um, and it was just, like, one day Did last year. I woke- oh, hold on. What was that? She wants to ask you a question. Go ahead, Doc. Have you had the double vision for seven years? Um, it was It was, like, very minor about... Yeah, six or seven years ago, and like the last year, it was like it's now it's like really bad. It's like when I when I widen so my eyes, everything. Up. 
come and go, or has it just been getting worse and worse and worse and worse? Um, it's, it's all day. It's like a, um, when I widen my eyes, everything doubles vertically. And it's, it's like worse with um, brighter lights. Does it ever go away is my question. No. Hmm. Okay. So whenever you're awake, you open your eyes and you have double vision. It's like, like everything will be singular vision. Wait, like, wait, wait. Um, That's yes, no, or maybe. That's yes, no, or maybe. Yes, when I wake up, it's double vision. It's worse when I widen my eyes. Always, always double vision. So at no point during the day do you see one of everything. No, no, I do. It's just when I like have my eyes rested. Okay, so when you rest your eyes, you can see one of everything. Yes. Got it. Okay, we have a cure. Okay. So there's a couple things wrong. You got to strengthen your eye muscles. And you have to strengthen your eyes. The eyes yeah, are basically a piece uh, of your brain oh. that's been pulled out through your eyeball sockets. So that's actually a piece of your brain literally sitting on the surface of your body. That's what your eyeball is. Mm. So the simple repair is to eat brain. Brain. The brain to eat well, would I, be pig or okay. beef. Pig or brain. beef okay. brain. He's having a little hard time hearing you. Pay. Pig or beef, beef brain? The dose is two ounces a day. The measurement okay. is in pre-cooked weight. The preferred way to eat it, a brain is complicated. It's, it's really, it's like, uh, liver is 76 times more nutritious than an apple, and brain is 100 times more nutritious than liver, all right? This is a lot of nutrition for your body to unpack and process. So you can't eat it straight. You have to eat it with a cooked vegetable and rice and a carb. And so whatever amount of brain you eat, call it two ounces, the rest of what you eat has got to be at least 10 ounces. Hmm. Then you have to drink an additional quart of water above and beyond what you would ordinarily drink. And what that will do is that will actually repair your eye nerve. And it should also repair your eye uh, muscle as well. So there you have it. That would, that would be the way to do it. Well, thank you so much. I was, I was going to ask you if I should try eating brain. So well, good. I guess I was right. So thank you so much. Also, you know, there's eye exercises. There's a lot of books out there, YouTube videos how to strengthen the muscles um, of your eyes. Uh, Cameron, you can learn how to do. Yeah. Um, you can strengthen the muscles of your eyes. You can do it. So, um, that would be yeah, okay. What's that? Okay. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Another thing you could do is he could do um, eye washes. Just wash his eyes out. But I really think that he's got a problem with building up his brain tissue because the Adderall dissolves brain tissue. And so what he's looking at also is early Parkinson's disease. So oh. He is on schedule to get yeah Parkinson's disease by the time he's forty because he's taken Adderall in the past. Adderall destroys brain tissue. Did they put that on the labor? All label? Of those ADHD, all the ADHD drugs do, and they're um, associated with ah. a premature Parkinson's disease. So now we have Parkinson's disease among people who have no family history. Hmm. So it's important. 
So it's important that he does the brain, like you say, with vegetables and carbs and things and not just do it alone, right? Too strong? It's way too strong. He'll get, uh, so I, of course, have tried all this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, I bet you have. The first time I ate bread, I said, oh, this is great. I just boiled some salt and water and some spices and just start eating it. It doesn't really taste that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my God. About a half hour later, I had this crushing chest pain. It started radiating out the rest of my body. And I was mm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I started eating some vegetables and drinking water, and the pain went away. So. Uh, I've told him to do that uh, so he doesn't have that negative experience. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Very interesting. Adderall and marijuana, not a good combo, huh, for over a lot of years. Well, marijuana is probably harmless, to tell you the truth. Sure. But the Adderall is a killer. Yeah. <laughs> Stick with the herby drugs. Uh, stay right there. We're going to take a break here. <laughs> this conversation goes back seven years with Dr. Patrick Flanagan. Listen. And then I discovered uh, that Hunza water also contained negative ionized hydrogen, which is a source of biological electrons. When we're young, we have enzymes in our body called dehydrogenase, and the purpose of dehydrogenase is to lift off hydrogen ions from foods we eat and and their purpose is to create NADH which is a chemical that acts as a shuttle in the mitochondria for producing uh, all the energy in our body adenosine triphosphate and when people take this it it causes DNA repair it heals the body from uh, all kinds of oxygen-free radicals. It also helps the body recover from damage from radiation. Well, we certainly want some of this stuff, right? Check out our AquaCure machine. AquaCure machine on oneradionetwork.com. Lifetime warranty. And along with a lifetime warranty, a one-year, no-questions-asked, money-back guarantee. If you don't like your results, breathe the gas, bubble the water, Listen to what Dr. Flanagan has to say about this and others. The AquaCure machine on OneRadioNetwork.com. Use promo code OneRadio, 10% discount. And Patrick, if you'd like to use promo code OneRadio20 for the next four or five days, you can get 20%. Hello? 20% off. George and I chipped in on the, uh, on the commission, but if you'd like to just do 10%, and you would be donating the rest to us. That'd be, we'll take that too, but whatever you want to do. 10% or 20% on the hydrogen browns gas machine. What I'm doing every morning now is uh, breathing the hydrogen and uh, on the rebounder with my cannula. And boy, you get that little molecule. It's a wonderful food. It's a great energy source. And you, when you're jumping on the rebounder, it's my favorite thing to do these days. So it's really quite... Quite good. 20% discount, hydrogen, Brown's gas machine, One Radio Network. Use promo code One Radio 20 uh, through Halloween night, uh, the 31st of October. You probably heard many of the negative things about PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids. And we know they're bad. I mean, you're talking corn oil and western oil and these things and these things will jam you up and uh, called yellow fat and all kinds of big issues. You don't want to mess with those. However, 
there are oils that you can use that are amazing oils. And we're going to talk with Andreas tomorrow. But he's got these on sale, so I want to plug them. And I think it's about 30% off. You don't need a promo code, Andreas Seed Oils. Andreas is a, a, a fascinating fellow. You'll meet him tomorrow. But he was a gold medalist in, for Germany. Uh, um, um, well, you know, they swing on the bars and all that thing, whatever they call that. And they just uh, pretty hardcore. And he, he damaged his body uh, tremendously during this experience. And somebody uh, starts squeezing him. I think they use flax, even though many people say flax oil is not a good one. But somebody used fresh flax, which is way different from a bottle of flax. Anyway, and he healed. Uh, that's He just drank it every day. And his whole body just healed. How that worked, I don't know. But anyway, so he has, a, he has systems in place that he uh, is able to cold press, and I mean really cold press, not just say cold press, which is most of them do, none of them are, and virtually no heat, I mean the lowest possible heat to get these seeds into a, to an oil, the lowest possible, and the lowest possible friction. And this is what causes oxidation of the oils and why they're, why they're not good. I mean, you can imagine how they make Western oil or corn oil or whatever oil they got out there. Very, very dangerous. You don't want to mess with these things. But he has black cumin seed oil, uh, uh, coriander oil, pumpkin seed oil, um, hemp seed oil, sunflower seed oil, black, uh, I can't read some of them, uh, oh, he's got a new one, milk thistle seed oil. Wow. I got a bottle of that. I've been doing a teaspoon every night for Mr. Liver. These are incredible oils. They're not oxidate, no oxidation in Myron glass. They'll last a long time. And they're the, the most pristine oils in the world, in my opinion. And uh, I mean, you could, you could uh, duck, duck, go or Google up black cumin seed oil. And they claim this thing will cure about anything. So, Pretty fascinating, and these are on sale right now through the end, I think through the end of the month as well. Yeah, Andreas Seed Oils, you'll meet them tomorrow on OneRadioNetwork.com. Click and order, 30% off. I'm going to get me some more of that milk thistle. And guys, especially if you've got some prostate things, I would recommend, I don't do medical advice, but pumpkin seed oil. Pumpkin seed has been uh, used traditionally for prostate stuff. Now, I think it's because a lot of zinc Maybe Dr. D knows, I don't know. But, uh, uh, boy, you talk about how many pumpkin seeds you have to, 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 to squash, you know, or coriander, or, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Andrea Seed Oils, this is the real deal. Really fascinating stuff, good stuff. Okay, here we are. Know the Source on one radio network. <laughs> You're hilarious. So, hey, look this up. What? Double vision and Parkinson's disease. 28% of people with Parkinson's disease have double vision. Whoa. So this guy basically is a symptom of early Parkinson's disease from the Adderall. Wow. So either the pig or the cow brain, right? Yeah, he's got, a, he's got damaged brain tissue here and he's got to fix it. Hmm. 
Oh, I got... No more Adderall for you. You want to hear my pig stories? Okay. So we have the farmer's market in Dripping Springs, and they have these vegetarian, (laughs) organic... I mean, these people are out of control. I want to visit them, Doc. They've got the the (laughs) cutest pigs. I mean, seriously. You know, they get their vegetables from Whole Foods, you know, that that they throw away. This is what they feed them. Anyway... Pigs are vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think pigs eat other pigs, do they? No. Anyway. Pigs eat everything. Uh, well, they don't feed them everything, though. They just feed them the good stuff. So this this guy's out of control. Really nice. So I bought some pig cheeks from him. Whoa. They were pr- pretty pricey. They were like, I think, $8 a cheek. But it was one of the best, some of the best pork I've ever had. It was amazing it tasting. It is the best. Whoa. I go, whoa. It can be shame. And pork belly, you'll never have pork belly again. Oh. I only eat cheek. Here, it's $1 a cheek. <laughs> you get $1 a cheek? Wow. $1 oh, no. a cheek. I have to restrain myself. I'm like, I don't have freezer space for all this. So it goes right <laughs> to the cheeks, right? It's amazing. Yeah, well, I guess I could be eating a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We could all eat more. So I'm going to order some more today and get some more on Wednesday. And here's my other little pig story. So, you know, we have Dr. Ray Pete on our show, Doc, once a month. He's been studying hormones and thyroid for about 40 years. And he suggests that your TSH should be about below 0.5, your TSH, right? And he, he says that's the TSH? only number. I'm sorry? TSH below 0.5? Correct. That's what he says, number 0.5. So, you know, uh, I'm not going to argue with him. He's been doing it forever. So... So my family's got a lot of thyroid. I don't have any issues. God love them. Knock on wood. So, but I thought, well, my TSH is like four, so maybe I'll, I'll play around with it. So I got some piggy thyroid a couple years ago from a place in Vietnam. You know, when they took off the pig thyroid off the market and they tried to give you the, you know, the, 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 the other stuff. So I bought some, and I took. He had me. He had me do about 30 milligrams and then do it for a month and then do 60, then do 100 until my, you know. So I, I got up to two, I'm sorry, what's a grain? 60 milligrams? What's a grain? 60 milligrams? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I got up to two grains. I've been doing that for about a month and I did my thyroid test. They have a test now they can send to your home and do it. Pretty cool. I did that. My uh, TSH is 0.3. Isn't that cool? That little piggy helped my little thyroid. Well, let me educate you. Educate you. All right. So I tell people, if you're going to do medical tests, then at least use the normal range. Normal ranges of medical tests are derived by getting a population of people. No, who I understand. No, I understand. I understand. So the normal range for TSH is, uh, I believe, 0.4 to 5. Yeah, I know. Five. I know. If you're treating a TSH five or five between that range, you're treating a healthy person who's in no well, need of treatment. I'm not sure you're. I'm not sure, you're, I'm not sure you're right there. I'm not sure you're right there. I think. No, no, no. Let me tell you the medical stuff. Maybe it's oh, not right. I'm just telling. Oh you no, we. I, I understand the medical stuff, but we don't care it's about that because we don't care about the medical stuff. Do we? I do. I do. Oh, you do. Okay, go ahead. So people who have TSH of ten or less do not benefit from supplementation of thyroid medicine. This is established. That's so, what the that's what the doctors say. That's not true though. Wait a minute. 
can give you TSH and you can have more energy even when your real problem was you're not eating enough liver. Okay. So it doesn't just because you get better when you receive TSH doesn't mean that TSH is the primary problem. What I'm trying to point out here mm -hmm. is there's an extreme amount of overtreatment when you consider that people with a TSH of 10 or less do not benefit from supplementation with thyroid hormone. And so I've worked with a lot of people I'm not sure that's who true, have but go ahead. problems, and I tell them, hey, yes, you're tired, yes, you're fat, yes, 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 but it's not your thyroid. Let's find the real problem. I understand. I understand what you're Those saying. Those are just two different approaches. No, I understand what you're saying. Well, I don't, I don't feel any different from getting my TSH 0.3 to be, you know, honest with you. Exactly. You didn't need it. It was useless. Well, I don't know. Maybe I, it's just got up to there. Maybe things are going to improve overall even better, like I'll be able to leap tall buildings with a single bound or something. Maybe. I don't know. Let me know where you can leap the buildings. Let me know where you can leap the buildings. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But anyway, it's just a little piggy thing. It's not going to hurt me, so I'm going to do it for a while and see. <clears throat> okay. Can you ask Dr. Jen? Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I got I to gotta go in order here of the ones received or we'll never get through here. Would you please We're ask? not going to get through it. I know. We're not going <laughs> to get through them because you and I talk so much. That's the thing. Uh, okay, here's one. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, I live in Italy. I'm a woman, 54, 105. I drink two liters of water a day, have regular bowel movements every day and sometimes twice a day. Been diagnosed with a gallbladder stone four years ago. The last ultrasound two years ago measured it at 10 millimeters wide. I've been on a low protein diet for four years. Eat lots of greens, beets, and other vegetables. I do not eat red meat. I uh, don't eat uh, ham, and uh, if I do, I have pain and nausea. I feel very weak and tired easily. Any advice? Greatly appreciated. All right. She said it all. So your problem is that you don't have enough flow through your liver and bile system, and that's because of the stasis the stone is forming. So you got to pump those bowel movements up to three a day. Three. That's number one. Three. Number two is you need to take uh, bitters. So bitters dissolve stones. So um, you can take uh, Campari bitters. You can take uh, Angostura bitters. You can take... We promote bitters right here, and they're on sale. There you go. What's your bitters? Well, I don't know all the, all the ingredients, but they got all kinds of things in no, there. What's the name? Oh, digestive bitters on, on one radio network through Thrival. Yeah, digestive bitters. Right. Yeah. So the dose of bitters I generally recommend is start with a quarter teaspoon uh, a day. And you can take it um, before meals or just in between meals and um, increase gradually as tolerated to a tablespoon a day. So in other words, you might find the highest you can comfortably go is one teaspoon a day, and that's fine. But what that will do is it'll dissolve your stones. What about her low-protein diet? Should Is that cool? I don't know enough about the diet. I can't tell you. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, low-protein doesn't tell me anything about her diet. Mm -hmm. In fact, the proteins are relevant because all gallstones are cholesterol gallstones. So I don't know. I, I don't have any information about her diet that could help mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So I should keep eating my liver, right? Keep eating my liver? Yeah, it's all about the flow. If you got the flow through the bile system, then you'll never get stones. And her problem is she's got a low flow, no flow system here. <laughs> low flow, low flow, low flow, no flow. <laughs> How you get stones? You got, you got no flow, dude, girl. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, uh, what is the name of the tea that helps with gray hair called, is it safe for everyone, everyday drinking? Yes, it is. It's called small willow flower herb tea. Small willow Small flower. willow flower herb tea important to get all those words in there because there's another willow plant <laughs> where aspirin is derived from. So if you don't get the word small, oh, the willow, willow bark thing, flower, the, yeah, the then they will sell you willow bark, which is from a different plant. So small willow flower herb tea. <laughs> flower herb tea. Flower, small, small flower herb. You can't just say willow. Small willow flower herb. Let me let me tell you what what's in our digestive bitters, just so you know, that's on sale. Okay, here's the ingredients. Pretty fun. We got dandelion root, orange peel, gentane. Is that right? Gentane, Oregon grape root, fennel, yellow dock root, ginger, blue flag, and prickly ash bark. That's what's in ours. Digestive bitters. All right, close enough. The critical ingredients are the orange and the gentian, so you're good to go. Is that how do you say it? Gentian, gentian. Gentian, yeah. Okay. We use it in medicine. Gentian. Gentian. Uh, wait, back in the old days, <laughs> uh, it was used topically, but now I'm sure they don't even teach doctors about it anymore. I'm sorry, I had to move my thing. What the last word you said was? I'm sure they don't teach doctors about it anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, they left that part. Okay, another phone call. Let's see if I get the right line here. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello? Hi. Um, yes, hi. I have a question for Dr. Daniels. Okay, you're on the air. Go ahead. Dr. Daniels, since ivermectin is hard to get now, uh, pharmacies are not filling prescriptions. Can... Mm -hmm. Can uh, people use the paste version that's sold on Amazon? You can, um, but it's difficult to calibrate the milligram dose from the paste. Hmm. I won't say I'm a mathematical genius, but I ha do have experience with uh, fourth grade math, calculus, statistics, <laughs> linear programming, and a few other mathematical disciplines, and I could not calculate the milligrams <laughs> from the you paste. You couldn't figure it out, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Don't so be embarrassed. Do do? Don't be embarrassed. It's okay. So, so it's okay to use. It's so just dose, difficult. Point two. Wait. Point two milligrams per kilogram is a dose, and you dose it once every two to four weeks. Okay. So that you know. Mm. Now, how do you get ivermectin? I don't know where you live, but go find. Go to Google and find out where you have a horse supply shop. The exact same pill they mm -hmm. sell in the pharmacy for prescription, the exact same pill by the exact same company in the exact same package is available mm -hmm. at the horse shop. So no one can tell you it's horse medicine. I mean, maybe they're giving it to horses, 
but it's the same exact same pill they give to people. Yeah. So go to your local horse uh, supply shop where they sell horse feed or horse whatever. And you can even go to a dog pet shop. They sell the same uh, pill for pets. Yes. And it will cost you anywhere from one-third to one-tenth the amount. It does not require a prescription. You can buy as much as you want. In fact, go to your dog shop. They have these little uh, dog dog things in the United States, stores for dogs. We buy dog supplies. Like PetSmart, PetSmart, maybe? Yes, yes, yes. Tell them you want to deworm your dog, and your dog weighs 50 pounds. You got a big dog. And they will show you, they will sell you the ivermectin, six milligram tablets. Oh. That's all you need. And how, how much how much should one take if they have a flu what or did I a tell cold? you? The point two milligrams per kilogram. It's the same dose no matter what you got. But she asked if she had the flu. I mean Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I tried to get all this detail. I went and got the package insert. The drug is so friggin' simple to take. It's again, it's Okay. But again, the dose. You need a calculator. 0.2 times your weight in kilograms. Okay. Let me give you the whole equation. 0.2 times your weight in pounds divided by 2.2 equals the milligrams you take. The drug is so friggin' simple, you can take one dose. Just that dose you figured out. It's on an empty stomach. And you take it once a friggin' month. I don't care if you have a flaming worm infection. You're at death's door. The half-life of the drug is three days. It stays in your system for three days. Any dose you're ta- drug you're taking, the safe dose, the safe dosing interval is five half-lives. Hmm. What's five times three days? Fifteen days. If you're taking ivermectin, you should never, ever, 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 never take it more often than every 15 days. So let me see if I understand. 0.2 milligrams per kilo of body weight and then you divide that by right. what? No. Oh, you you said you divide it I'm by something. You. Yeah, but you're dividing the wrong thing. So it's point two times your weight in pounds divided by two point two. Oh, you said kilos. I said that at first, then I changed it to make it super simple so your whole audience could get it. <laughs> okay, point two, <laughs> point two times pounds. Gotcha. Times pounds gotcha. divided by two point. Oh, then you, that's why you did divide it by. Okay. 2.2. And, and you only take it once every two weeks? That would be excessive. Again, the package insert recommends once a month, even for the worst of infections. The worst wow. of okay. infections. And, and, and what about fenbendazole? Is it, is it the same as ivermectin? No. No, is it's it not. I would not. Fenbendazole is another anti-worm preparation. I would not personally take Fembendazole. Why? Because the safety profile of ivermectin is so much superior. And the dosing for ivermectin is, is every four weeks, whereas Fembendazole, the dosing is much more complex, more frequent, and more side effects. So whenever I can make a choice equal to superior effectiveness, fewer side effects, there you go. There's a decision. Now, disclaimer, I don't sell ivermectin, and I don't sell Fembendazole. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our last question, Dr. Daniels. How can a how can, what would you recommend for skin rash, like hives or any any type of skin rash? There's rashes and there's rashes. So, but all the rashes come down to one of two things: 
a weak liver or uh, not enough connective tissue. So weak liver or weak skin. So as a weak liver means you didn't filter toxins out of your blood, so now they're in the skin. Weak skin means your skin is not thick enough, and so you get the hive outbreak. So you can handle the problem at its source, which is, you know, take some milk thistle to make your liver stronger, and then eat some uh, pig ears or cow feet to make your skin stronger. That would solve the problem. If you want to solve the symptom, just uh, you know, apply some uh, castor oil to the spot. Okay. Okay. All Thank right. you. Thanks. Thank Sarah. you so much. Welcome. Now, when you say ivermectin, you, you use the term infection, but Infestation. Oh, infestation. Infestation. So it works for worms. Okay, that's what I it thought. It works for that's worms. A, that's why I wanted to be clear. It works for sexually transmitted diseases. I mean, you could stop your condom use using ivermectin once a month. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Is it really? Please? Look it up. Is Look it, it up. Read the packages. I said, oh my God. It gets rid of scabies, trichomonas. I'm like, whoa. Easy for you to say. Okay. Please ask Dr. Jennifer about when. When buying cooking pots and pans, which materials are best yeah. and which should I avoid? For example, I've heard that aluminum pans are bad because of aluminum can leak into your food. Yeah, I agree with that. I would get stainless steel. I personally have all clad. So I bit the bullet, spent $1,700, got my all clad set. You could do that. However, what I have found is that the stainless steel and the... Um, Instapot is excellent. And so I have a $99, frequently goes on sale for less, Instapot. They're great. So you could get two or three Instapots as $300 instead of the $1,700. Well, you bought the whole <laughs> you bought the whole set. Wow. Yeah. It was not that big a set. It's only like mm. six pots and pans and three tops, but that's $1,700 of all clad. Yeah. Now, what's the difference with all clad in terms of other pots and pans is it has seven different layers of metal, of metal, one of which is copper, one of which is aluminum. It's sealed completely with stainless steel inside and out. And the layers of metal go up the sides, heating your food evenly and cooking it much quicker. So the cooking experience of Auclad is phenomenal, superior, yeah. amazing, and great for your food. But the um, automatic nature of Instapot is much better. What's the difference? You can use gas, with the all clad and you use electricity with the Instapot. Other than the situation, we have frequent electronic failures. So yeah, sometimes the Instapot just doesn't really work because we don't have electricity. Right. And so I'll use the all clad. Um, I cooked some, oh, I got some pig jowls at this place at the farmer's market, pig jowls. Oh, yeah. oh my God, I put that in the Instapot and oh, you talk about fat. That is so rich. It was like I could, I, yes. could, I couldn't eat very much of it at all. It's, you know, wow. Uh, There's a lot I of... I just wolf it right down. So I Do take you? my um, pig jowls and I cut them in two by two chunks. Oh. So two by two, skin, fat, meat, you know. So all these chunks and I put it in the Instapot with some spices and stuff. Oh my God. When it's done, I spoon it over very little bit of rice and I'll eat like 10 chunks. Literally one whole <laughs> really? pig jowl. It's re right really, really tasty, isn't it? Really tasty. Yeah. Amazing. God bless those pigs for giving up their life for us, Doc. Um, mm -hmm. 
Does Dr. Daniels have any recommendations for addressing the nerve pain which accompanies shingles? Hmm. Yes. So why do you have nerve pain accompanying shingles? First of all, what's shingles? Your doctor would have you think that shingles is a form of herpes. I would say that's utter nonsense. Why? Because most people have herpes anyway. It's the same as chickenpox, same thing. But it's caused really by thin skin. So again, eat your pig ears or your pig feet and you will not have shingles. Shingles gone. Nerve pain, um, if you just, again, worry about nerve pain, that is actually uh, solved by eating pig brain. Pig brain. Pig brain or cow brain. Yeah, it repairs the nerve and you get rid of the pain. And then you eat the uh, pig feet, pig ears, you repair the skin, and bam, you're done. Hmm. Sherry wants to know if you can help her with her degenerative disc disease. Degenerative <laughs> disc disease. Some chickens could help her and some pigs could help her. <laughs> so I'm guessing this is in her back. I would suspect. Degenerative disc. But we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to gonna take a stab at that. <laughs> stab at that. So it turns out that uh, chicken feet uh, work really well for this. About eight chicken feet mm. uh, every other day. And usually you feel better after about the second dose of chicken feet. Wow. And um, I would recommend to keep eating your chicken feet until you feel absolutely perfectly fine. Now, I love chicken feet that taste good, but I hate chicken feet because there's 23 bones in each foot. And we're asking you to eat eight chicken feet here. Yeah. So that's eating the bone, chewing off the cartilage on either end of it, sucking it, mm, putting it down. So it's 23 bones times eight. That's a lot of work. You have to really just get yourself in a zen space, sit down and do it. But <laughs> let's just say you're not in the mood. If you're not in the mood, then you need to eat pig tail. Tail. The pig tail. Tail. The pig tail is an extension of the pig spine and has about... Uh, four or five actually human-sized intervertebral discs in there wow. that when you cook it and dissolve, it gives you all the spare parts you need to fix your back. So the dose for um, pigtails is about a half pound to a pound a day, again, every other day, and the results are pretty dramatic. Um, hmm. I say a pound, you're like, Jones, that's a lot of meat. Um, it's mostly bone. So whether it's the chicken feet or the pig tail, it is really mostly bone. And the pig tail has a little bit of meat on it, which is actually a relief by the time you get to it. You're like, oh my God, a little bit of meat? But you want to eat the whole thing. You want to eat the skin, the fat, suck the bones, get all the connective tissue out of it. What I do to make my job easier is I cook it till everything just literally falls off the bone. We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Daniels. She's here on the fourth Monday. She takes the idea of let food be your medicine to a whole nother level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rosa writes in. It's all, uh, so if you're on hold, stay there. I'm going to get right to you. We have another call. Uh, Rosa writes in. Is all cholesterol good? Are there any fats that should not be eaten? Good questions. How much cholesterol is considered too, too much, and what should you do to lower it? What should cholesterol be for a 70-year-old man and for a 40-year-old? 7 or 70? 7-0? 7-0-year-old man and for a 40-year-old okay. man. Okay, we got two ages there. So is all cholesterol good? 
any fats that should not be eaten, first part? So those are two separate questions. All cholesterol is good, the more the better. What is, may not be good is what you get with your cholesterol, right? So if you're gonna get your cholesterol from, uh, with a bunch of plastic or something or fake food in it, then it's not a good idea. But all naturally occurring cholesterol is awesome. Um, liver is a very high source of cholesterol. Brain has 10 times the cholesterol of liver. Oh. Uh, cholesterol is your body's number one repair hormone. Mm-hmm. To lower your cholesterol is like getting rid of all the duct tape and spackling that you have in your house. You can't <laughs> fix a darn thing. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> So they actually done research on cholesterols, and the cholesterol, the, the, the healing level of cholesterol appears to be 300. So just for good measure, you should try and keep your cholesterol between 300 and 350. Hmm. That would be a good, a good range. And um, I would say really at any age, I personally work very hard to keep my cholesterol high. I just had some, uh, some cow brain this morning. Did you? So, oh yeah. Wow. I made chocolate pudding out of it and have chocolate pudding cow brain. That's yeah. so funny. So um, that's the cholesterol story, the more the better. The cholesterol is also the messenger hormone. It allows your cell membranes to receive messages. And so if you lower your cholesterol, you're cutting off your body's ability to regulate itself. Mm -hmm. So that's the cholesterol story. Are there any bad fats? Absolutely. Um, it turns out that the vegetable oils, the polyunsaturated fats, are simply put bad fats. Yeah. Now, if you use salad dressing, you're going to use a few, you know, a few vegetable oils, and um, that's just you just pay the price for that. You make up for that by eating more cholesterol fat, or I'm sorry, saturated fat, which is very good. So the bo- the human body is 50% saturated fat, 50% unsaturated fat. And the fat profile of pig fat is actually very close to that, and so is beef fat. So what I personally do now is I cook everything in either beef tallow or bacon fat. Um, I have totally demoted, eliminated my um, olive oil as a cooking oil and even other frying oils. If I decide to fry something, like if a recipe calls for me to brown meat before I put it in the stew, for flavor or whatever, then I will use uh, beef fat or pork fat to do that. Patrick, what's the name of the test that you did at home for your thyroid? Oh, it's called Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked. They'll send it to you. Fill it up at home and send it to them. Um, my husband just, oh, I got this phone. Sorry. Hi, who's this? You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning from Nebraska. <laughs> hey, Nebraska. Oh, hey. Nebraska. I love Nebraska. <laughs> um, I'm on the cell phone. I don't know if you can hear me. We're okay. Today. Go ahead. Yeah. I was wondering if you're fixing to read my email, but here's my question, Dr. Daniels. I'm very concerned. I'm worried. Um... I live on a ranch. Everybody's vaccinated. My husband got vaccinated without saying anything to me. So my fear is the shedding. 
do I or don't I have sex? And if I do, do I need to slap a little rubber on him? Or <laughs> I don't know. I'm fearful. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard him called rubbers in a long time. That's great. Okay. Well, well I don't know what when you're asking this question, I say go for it. Absolutely go for it. Uh, <laughs> there is no risk um, to you other than from just the regular virus. And if you're otherwise healthy, in other words, you're not diabetic, you're not overweight, uh, you're fine. There's no evidence that one, the virus exists, or two, that it's deadly. And as far as what's in the shot, well, we don't know. We don't. So what I would say, as long as you're keeping yourself well hydrated, you're having regular bowel movements, then whatever he's going to put out, you can get rid of just with your regular everyday cleansing. Okay, and I do have ivermectin and um, stuff like that. Oh, if you I've have been... ivermectin, then I would just say take ivermectin once a month, and that's going to handle anything he might be putting out. There you go. And now you know All the right. dose, right? Now you got the dose because we just went through that. Yeah, but the my script has, it equals out to 12 where I probably need a 14 milligram, but 12 would be okay, right? No. Good question. No. So with ivermectin, it's better to take a little bit more than a little bit less. Also, those pills have a score in them. So if your real dose is 14 based on the weight calculation I gave you, then you can take two of the six milligrams and a half of another six. So that's six and six is 12 plus three is 15 milligrams. And that's pretty close to the 14. Be better a little bit okay, over. Well, be a better a little bit over. They're in a three milligram pill, but yeah, so... Cool. What um, milligram? Three. What's the milligram? Three? Three, yeah, three. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's even better. They don't have to cut anything in half. You just take out five of them. Okay. 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 I'll do that when one. When you run out, you're on the farm. Tell your husband, when you run out, go tell your husband we said hi. I will. No prescription needed. See okay. Bye. It's great. <laughs> Should I put a rubber on him? <laughs> <So Yeah. laughs> My husband was diagnosed with myocardial ischemia from Jane. Myocardial ischemia. That'd be a heart attack. What is that? Oh, okay. So it's not a heart attack. Just that they don't think his heart's getting enough oxygen. Oh, okay. I guess. So what's the question? What she wants to do. She wants what to do. We still don't know what's wrong with this guy. Oh, Does well, this guy have that's all she said. I'm, Does he have I'm saying we don't know. We so don't know. this guy has no symptoms, no chest pain. The ischemia showed up on, I don't know, some random test. Ignore it. If you feel good, you are good. You should ignore it and just make sure he stays well hydrated. Heart attacks are caused by acute, that means sudden, dehydration. Hmm. And what they had found, most people have a heart attack. If they just had an additional glass of water the night before, they would not have had a heart attack. So give the guy a glass of water before he goes to bed and go on with your life. See, you're so easy to get along with, man. You're a great doctor. You're, usually they're just giving you pills, dude. Dude, that's great. I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning on the air. Who's this? This is Sean and Sharon up in the Pacific Northwest here. How are we Hi, doing? Hi, guys. Hi, hi there, Sean and Sharon. You're on the air with Dr. Daniels. Got to do it quickly because she's got to go uh, pretty soon, quickly. a few minutes. Go ahead. Yes. 
do you know uh, when your fingers go numb or when one finger or two fingers or three fingers is uh, called Raynard or Raynad or Raynard. whatnot? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What I am... do about it? What is that? I am I'm perfectly healthy, leap tall buildings, do everything that I can to do. But it started with my pointer finger, then it went to the next one, and then it went to the next one, and it. Uh, okay, all right. You're pretty active. You work out at the gym. I mean, what do you mean? What are you up to? Climbing Mount Rainier. Uh, doing whatever I want. I, uh, I juice every day. I eat good. Uh, um, like I said, yeah, yeah. Okay. I teach and preach right. health and wellness. And I'm trying to understand. Are you typing so, on a keyboard? What are you? What are you doing? Working outside. Uh, no, I mean I I'm retired. I do what I want when I want where I want. And uh, but all right. So let's let's uh, juice. The juice. The summertime. Your problem is okay. One at a time here. Yeah, you one dissolved your connective tissue. You dissolved your connective tissue. You don't have any cushioning for your nerves. Huh. So the juicing is dissolving even more connective tissue. I say stop the juicing and eat your fruit or vegetables or whatever it is that you think you want to eat. That's number one. Number two, you've got to replenish your connective tissue. And if you look at your hand, you've got connective tissue, but you've got a little bit of flesh in there too, a little bit of fat, you know, it's just the way hands are. So you got to rebuild your hand. Easiest way to rebuild your hand is, you know, eat pig feet or actually my favorite is cow foot. Um, so I would say cow foot soup, um, and that'll take care of it. Eat some cow foot soup and get rid of that juicing. So the juicing actually is too Man, cleansing. I'm getting more information on you about your activity, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're, you're using your hands for something. I don't know what it is. Um, if you could just well, give your hands a little like, bit of a you know, Hold on. Go ahead, Sharon. Like, yeah, like when we went in the summertime here, and we were in the lake. It wasn't that cold of a lake. And his fingers started getting all cold. Now in the northwest, it's getting, you know, cooler out. But mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, it, it's not that cold like he's up on the top of Mount Rainier. I mean, he, he summited Mount Rainier for 11 times now. And it's like his whole hand oh. starting to go numb. Cow foot soup will handle down. that. Cow foot soup. Yeah. Cow, cow foot feet. soup will take care of that. Cow feet. Get don't some cow feet. Don't make a cure out of it. Just put it in a crock pot or a pressure cooker for two hours. Get it down to nothing, and then treat it like you would your basic chicken soup. Throw in your chicken spices, some carrots and potatoes, whatever you want, and eat it. Okay. I butchered uh, three roosters yesterday, and I got the chicken feet. How do you process your chicken feet? I got them in the fridge. We only got six feet. Uh, I so, know, I know. Uh, I saved, I saved <laughs> yeah, them, and I wanted to save them and ask you to here. It's super simple. You just... Uh, <laughs> Take those chicken feet, throw them in a pot with some water and baking soda, boil them for, well, you just bring them to a boil. Throw out the water, yank out the chicken feet, get some scissors, and clip off the nails. You got some, some claws there, just clip the claws off. And now you cook them for real, pressure cook them for, I think, two hours. That way everything falls off the bone, it's easy to eat. But you don't have enough chicken feet there to do you any good. Okay. okay. I'm going to butcher a few more chickens yeah, so I can yeah. get them. Okay. We'll see you later, guys. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks yeah, for get the cow legs. Yeah, get the cow feeds. 
Okay, uh, quickly here, uh, just a few minutes. Many scientists around the world are finding uh, hydra and other parasites that are actually moving in fresh vials of these injections against COVID. Yeah. Have Dr. Daniels seen yeah. any of these? Can these parasites be passed from a vaxxed person to an unvaxxed person? Okay, so what's really going on here, again, there is no virus. The only way to make people sick is to give them the vaccine. Right. So you get people to be filled with fear, they take the vaccine, the vaccine makes them sick. So we see uh, compelling evidence of that, actually. Yes. Now, the question is, these vaccines are being filled with these parasites, and just as we said to the prior listener, if she just takes her ivermectin uh, once a month, she's good to go. She doesn't need to worry about these other people. Now, these parasites are worms and they are spread by your contact with the other person's feces. Oh. Or by your contact, believe it or not, doorknobs and toilet seats. So if you wash your hands uh, before you eat, you're pretty much good to go. And so a vaccinated person can't give you these particular parasites by coughing on you, and it takes more than that. Oh, that's good. So it's your it's your conjecture that the the, the things that are in these vaccines, if they're little wormies, and I've seen pictures of them actually moving, they can only be passed on through the poop. If you play with somebody's poop, which you don't want to do. Right? It's the, called the fecal oral root. Oh. Their feces, your mouth, fecal oral. It is, this is a classic mode of transmission for parasites and for worms. This is well known, is understood. So you cannot get this being even two inches away from the person. You can't. You cannot get this by them coughing on you. You can get them if they if they have used a toy, they did not wash your hands, they shake your hands, and you don't wash your hands, but eat. You got troubles. Gotcha. But if you can just wash your hands before you eat, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's so many issues oftentimes in real way down deep in Mexico, third world countries, and with the Sanitation is poor, and the people don't, yeah. Now, sanitation is poor. Let's be precise. Sanitation being poor means the people are pooping into the very water that they drink. Yeah. Let's be clear. It's, okay? it's, that's this is right. not some abstract, can't take a bath every week. This is real. People are literally pooping into the same water they get their drinking water out of, the same stream. Yes, ma'am. Poop there, poop here, and then downstream, uh, it's going to drink the water. That's what's going on. Or... What's happening is you have an outhouse shared by a hundred people. If one of those people has worms, then someone's going to get it. And people who are under five, what do they do? They put their hand in the toilet seat to lift themselves up, and now they've got the worm on their hands. People who are older, who are difficult to getting on and off the toilet, what do they do? They put their hands on the toilet seat, push themselves up and on. And this is why people who are under five and over 65, for example, are more susceptible to these issues because of their toilet habits. But if you can just get your own private toilet that you and you alone use, you're fine. <laughs> Dear God, all I want my own toilet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> For Christmas, Santa, For please. For Christmas, Santa, please, my own toilet. All right. Well, all right, we gotta go. I had a great time this morning, boy. You rock and roll. We had a good time. I went through a lot. Tell folks quickly about your website, which is called VitalityCycles.com. Cycles! Cycles. VitalityCycles.com. Check it out. Get your free report. You can't need a cleaner. Learn all the wonderful things about turpentine. Turpentine. Okay. 
We'll see you soon. We love you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Love you, babe. Bye-bye. Take care. Dr. Jennifer Daniels, Patrick Timpone, and she's just a handful, isn't she? OneRadioNetwork.com, a wonderful handful. Great to have her on. We're going to talk to Roland Thomas about an hour or so. Roland has been involved with a with a, a microalgae thing that, uh, what do you hear the way they make this baby? And uh, we've been promoting it. I'm on my second bottle. Just took a few more this morning. I love this product. So we're going to talk to him. Um, tomorrow, Veda Austin. We learned about Veda Austin from um, uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan. Veda was part of the uh, the the healing conference that they did a few weeks ago, and she's she's been doing some experiments with water that'll just kind of um, float your boat, I think. And uh, so we're going to talk to her tomorrow, and then I'm going to be on Wednesday for a little Fandango, and then also then Richard Mayberry, who's on the the last Wednesday of the month. And uh, so who knows? So we have a lot of things going on this week. Stick around. I really appreciate your support. It, it means a lot to me, all your great emails. Um, if you go to our front page, you'll see two uh, little um, clicks you might want to do if you're interested. One of them is a the, t- uh, the link to our Telegram page. We have a lot of uh, great folks on Telegram. They post all kinds of crazy things. We also are still, we're back on Facebook. We're out of jail, Patrick Timpone Facebook. Do some fun things there. And then also, uh, if on the front page, click on BitChute. And uh, all of the BitChute videos, all of the videos that we do on BitChute, and you can subscribe to our BitChute channel, and then click on that little bell, and then you'll be notified every time that we put up a new video. And then we have all the audios on the front page of One Radio Network. Uh, 12 years, what, since 2008? And use our search function, and you'll find uh, all kinds of things, thyroid or whatever, or, or a person's name. And, and so, so we got a lot of things for you. Nothing, everything's free. Nothing, everything's free. I love you. I'll see you in about an hour or so. We're going to talk with uh, Roland about his, uh, his great new product. Well, it's not a new product, but it's new for us. Coming up in an hour. Know the Source on One Radio Network.